All right, I guess we'll go ahead and get started. I'm sure there'll probably be a few more coming in, but we'll go ahead and get started. The main thing that I want you to remember through the whole next four lessons is keep in step with the Spirit. Everything we talk about ties to that. So how are we going to keep in step with the Spirit um, in everything I talk about? <laughs> what I'll be doing is uh, tonight I want to still focus on keeping in step with the Spirit, but I have several different verses that I want to cover that mean a lot to me, and I'm sure probably mean a lot to you as well. Just kind of reminded of how great God is and um, those things. And then um, for the next, uh, tonight and two other nights, we'll be covering uh, different YouTube videos that I found that talk about the spirit, soul, and body. And they kind of rephrase it in different ways and present it in different ways. Very similar, but still different. And then the last night, uh, last Wednesday in August, we'll be talking about the six stages of temptation which will help us keep in step with the Spirit. So again, that is the main point. I want you to remember, if nothing else, that's the main point. All right, um, we'll start off with Galatians 5, 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And go ahead and, and keep on Galatians 5, because we'll read more in a minute. What comes to your mind when the, we got have the phrase keep in step with the spirit what image comes to your mind analogy or whatever a rhythm, a rhythm okay walking side by side okay <coughs> side by side <coughs> what else not falling behind the spirit but actually uh, as the same walking side by side but together with the spirit okay together not falling behind a dance a dance Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, What else? Military march. Military march. Okay. So that's what came to my mind. Military march. Forty years ago when I entered the military. Well, you're also in high school band. Or high school band. Yeah, marching band. Okay, so... They they taught us how to march, and the <coughs> the instructor would call out the cadence, you know, hit two, three, four, and then you 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 march in step with the hut two, three, four. And when you first got to basic training, we all had civilian clothes on. And we were all kind of learning how to do this, and eventually we all came together and was able to keep in step with the cadence. Um, after a few days or weeks, then we transitioned from civilian clothes into uniforms. So we all looked alike. Our hair was all shaved off, males. Uh, females had to have a certain length of hair. Skirts and stuff were certain lengths. Everything was uniform, specific, even how to fold your underwear. Why do you think the military does that? The uniforms and the hair lengths and all that kind of stuff? So you begin to 
feel part of a team. Part of a team, okay. What else? To take away individualism, really. Take okay, so take away individualism. So the thought came to my mind, and I know if Jeff were here, he would point out to the fact, like we did in the last few classes, of unity does not necessarily mean uniformity. But I think there is a place for uniformity too, just from what you said. The when we got rid of our identity by our what we wore or how we did our hair, we were all one team working together to get the mission done. In this case, it's marching together. And when we finally got it, it was very impressive. We'd go out in the parade grounds and do all the marching kind of stuff. But we also found out that after we kind of got used to it, the instructor didn't really have to call cadence anymore. He would say, set him in, you know, our heels set in the end so we could hear how we were keeping in step with each other. But the cadence wasn't spoken anymore. We were mature, if you will, in that. And then after a while, our minds would start to wander around and think about different things, and we would get out of step with each other. And then he would call out the cadence again, two, three, and then we would you know, shuffle around and get back into the step and go on some more. And so that's the image that came to my mind, keeping the step with the Spirit, is when we were mature Christians, we can hear the Spirit talking to us, but yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> you know, I've read that verse many times. I know here. We have to remember to keep in step with the Spirit, even when He's not calling the cadence, if you will, if you understand what I'm saying. So that's the image that came to my mind. Let me read some verses that also help me. Uh, Galatians. So we talked about Galatians 5:25, but let's let's put that into context. Context. How do we get to that point when you mention that? So starting in verse 16, Galatians 5:16. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are, are, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live, this, live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, this is a contrast of all that bad stuff he just mentioned. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience, uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, here it is, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So that's what he's talking about, is don't do that old stuff that you used to do, 
do this fruit of the spirit stuff. That is keeping in step with the spirit. The next one is Romans 6. Romans 6, 1 through 14. Romans 6, 1 through 14. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live it in, any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. For if we have been united, there's that united word again, with him in a death like his, we are certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. In our spiritual and body things, we'll talk about the, the dead to the body and the sin and how that changes, how that works. Now, if we died to Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, down, skip down you know, in verse 11, Romans 6, 11, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but allied to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not s- let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires. In, I think it's our last lesson, um, the YouTube do- talks about how we don't let sin reign in our bodies, and I'll show that later. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness, for sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. So we were dead to sin, the body was ruled by sin, but it was done away with, and that we should no longer be slaves to sin, we are freed from sin. That's some of the main points of that, that part. Um, and again, in verse 11, I want to emphasize that we are dead, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, and therefore do not let sin reign in our mortal bodies. Um, and not to, offer, not to offer our bodies as instruments of wickedness, but of righteousness. And then, uh, who can tell me what uh, Romans 8, 1 says? <coughs> no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay. And then uh, the last verse I think we'll be reading is Romans 8, 5 through 13. Romans 8, 5 through 13. It's always good to review the Word of God. <laughs> and Eddie encourages a lot to, in our small groups, read the Word and then discuss it. So that's what we're doing. 
Romans 8, 5 through 13. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. I think other versions might say control or something like that. Uh, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. Ouch. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Now the, the main point that I get from this, and this is like one of my favorite verses, helps me a lot, is to live according to the, uh, live according to the flesh, you have fleshly desires, but those governed by the Spirit, or those who live in accordance with the Spirit, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. And so it's, it's not us wanting to do what our body is telling us to do, it's listening to what our spirit is trying to get to us because God is telling us what to do. Now the mind will, um, let's see, so when I think of governed in this case, um, I think of there on the lawnmower motor, at least it used to be anyway, there's a govern governor thing that's, um, there's a flywheel piece with fins and so that when it spins the air goes out and so it moves this this fin thing out that's the governor governed and it's got a spring on it so it only goes out so far and what it does is it allows you the motor uh, the blower to go as fast as it needs to for optimum performance but if it went without a govern it would fly apart because it's not in optimal performance anymore. It's beyond what it needs to be or it's gonna die because it's going too slow. <laughs> and so that's the same way that I think of with the spirit. We are governed by the spirit. It's, the spirit is going to keep us in optimum performance of where God wants us to be. Not where we think we should be or how fast we should be going, if you will, in our spiritual lives, but where does the spirit want us to keep in step with him. Like we're saying, don't go so too fast or don't get, get behind, right? You cannot submit to God's law when you are governed by the flesh. You, however, are in the realm of spirit if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if you do not have the spirit, you do not belong to Christ. I thought that was very strong, but it's very true because if you're not in Christ, you're not in Christ, <laughs> right? And we have, now, we have the same power 
of the Holy Spirit in us that raised Jesus from the dead. That's amazing. We have that power. It's not in the high priest. It's not in the temple, all that kind of stuff. We have that in us now because of what Jesus has done for us. And Okay, a um, few more verses, and then we'll, then we're done with the verses. The next one is Second uh, Timothy one seven. For the Spirit gave us, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. There's that power again that I was talking about. And what's the power for? Love and discipline. Uh, in verse fourteen. Paul tells Timothy to guard the deposit that was entrusted to you, guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Again, it describes the Spirit being in us and uh, how we should guard that. Okay, so the all of the YouTube video things that I watch, so, some people actually use books to refer in their class, and in this book, according to the author, it says this, well, my book is YouTube. <laughs> I just happened to see it. It's like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder, I wonder what that's about. So uh, as we go through this, it's, it's stuff that I saw on YouTube, and I'm basically going to try to uh, point out the highlights that I found that was interesting to me. But I would encourage you, I'm gonna, every week I'm going to write down, if you type that into the search of YouTube, you'll find the exact video that I, that I went to. And that they do a much better job than I'm going to be able to do here. But I want to point it out to you, the highlights. Um, and the words, the, the two main verses that they use, this, the first one is Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. And if you don't agree with what they're saying, what I'm presenting to you, that's fine. Uh, these are not Church of Christ sanctioned kind of <laughs> things from all different churches. Um, but I would encourage you to wait at least till the final lesson from all these different YouTubes because I'm going to present it in different ways that might clarify some things out to you. <coughs> all right, Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges thoughts and attitudes of the heart. That one is talking about um, the difference between the soul and the spirit. And the example it uses is a bone and marrow. So on this side, it has the marrow. And on this side is the bone. It's very hard to tell where the marrow starts, stops and where the bone starts. But they have different functions. I'm not a scientist, but I'm guessing they have different functions. The bone structure helps you stand up with the mo muscles. The marrow does what? Produces blood stuff. Okay. It does the blood stuff. And so it has a different function. But it's so closely related, just you normally just say bone. Right? And so there's um, a lot of people that think that the soul and the spirit are the bone, if you will. But here it says that the word 
separates the soul and the spirit. That's what they were saying. That's what the word says. <laughs> the other one is um, in First Thessalonians 5.23. And this, again, is another one that's very uh, important all throughout these different ones. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there it talks about three parts the spirit, soul, and the body. Where the other one just separated the soul and the, and the body, the joint and marrow kind of thing. So, again, hold off on your criticism that it's not the, it's the same thing until we get to the third lesson and then we can discuss. In fact, in the whole thing, I'm hoping myself to learn a lot more about this as a teacher, because teachers learn more than students. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's okay to discuss and say, well, I don't know, I think it should be this way. But come up with a scripture that shows what you're saying, and we'll learn it about it together. Again, these are not Church of Christ stuff, so they may be true or may not be true, but this is what I found. All right, so we'll get on with the first video, zero one, body, soul, and spirit is the way they have it read, written out. And what he did is he talked about the three parts you had the physical body then you had the soul entity and the spiritual body and that was in the first Thessalonians part that I was talking about in the physical body there are certain things that are needed to keep that physical body healthy uh, you need to eat and drink you need to exercise you need to breathe and we'll get to communicate later why, why he says that but it's basically he says you like communicate you encode a message and decode a message talking communicating breathing in and out in and out and then you need to be clean bathe yourself those are just some of the, the main critical things that is needed for the body then there's a the soul entity and the soul entity deals with the heart and I've also heard in different ones where the heart could be the soul part that it's talking about or it could be the spirit that it's talking about. But either way, um, it, the soul deals with the thoughts and the mental and the mind. In, in the physical, you have the brain. In the soul, you have the mind. Right? And so we're going to learn different things that this soul entity does for us to help us keep in step with the spirit and then let's see here then it talks about our spiritual body and in the same way that we have in order to stay healthy in the physical body we have to do all these things I listed them all up here too uh, in the physical realm they also correlate to spiritual words and thoughts. So, for example, uh, who can tell me in the spiritual realm, what would you do to eat and drink? Study the Bible. Study the Word, right? Okay, very good. Um, 
But if you don't, if all you do is study the word with general exercise, what would be uh, another word that could be with exercise? That Jesus tells practice, us to practice what you learn. Practice what you learn. Put it into practice. <coughs> action, right? Okay, breathing, and, th- and again, think of it in, in the communicating. In the spiritual wor- well, realm, <laughs> how do you communicate breathe. or breathe? Prayer. Prayer, very good. Could that also include telling others? It could, mm-hmm. Because you communicate with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about bathing spiritually? This might be a little bit more tricky. What comes to mind when you think Ask of for forgiveness? Forgiveness. Okay, that's that's a very 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 important part. Baptism. Huh? Baptism. Baptism. Okay. That's not, it's not the word I'm looking for. Don't you hate it when the teacher has the word? <laughs> <laughs> Cleansing. Cleansing is very 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 close. How are we cleansed spiritually? What do we do to be cleansed other than baptism? Repent. Repent. There you go. That's the word he he used. Okay, so in the same way that our physical body, if we do these things, we will be physically healthy. If we do these things, we will be spiritually healthy. See how it all kind of ties together? catch up with my notes here. So the soul is the most important because it helps you decide if you're going to sleep or go to church on Sunday morning. Am I going to sleep in the morning? Or my body is going to say, I'm tired. I don't want I don't want to go to church today. And your soul says, get out of bed. Or as uh, Keith Green says, Jesus raised from the dead, but you can't even get out of bed. <laughs> okay. Now, these, these uh, communicate with each other. Okay, so for example, um, your body says, oh, I'm hungry. My tummy's growling. And it tells your soul, hey, I'm hungry. And your soul says, well, what time is it? It's not time to eat yet. <laughs> Too bad if your tummy's growling. Or, well, yeah, it's close enough. Let's go ahead and eat. They're making a decision, the thought of, what am I going to do with my body? Okay, let's go ahead and eat. The soul, in relation to the spirit, is saying, well, well, who is God? And the Spirit, especially if he's communicating with God through the Word, will say, God is... God is what? Love. Love? Okay. I don't have a set answer here. Creator. <laughs> Creator. Okay. Waymaker. 
A what? A waymaker. A waymaker. Okay. Okay. And um, let's see how I fit it. That's my filter that may determine what kind of choices I make that I eat. Correct. Correct. Very, very true. In fact, we'll get that in, a, in the next uh, diagram here. Let's see. So through the Holy Spirit and through the power of Jesus, you pray to God and receive communication from God through the Holy Spirit. And so that's where these two connect, is through the prayer and, and the word and repenting and praising God, thanking God, getting the information, how am I supposed to live like Christ? Then your spirit communicates down to your soul and your soul says yep I see that that's a good good idea that's the filter I need to have in my mind to say no I'm not going to look at that no I'm not going to eat that no I'm not going to do that or yes I am supposed to do that and I'm going to do it even though I don't want to do it it's, this, it's the Romans 7 situation where Paul says I don't do what I'm supposed to do and I do what I don't want to do that kind of stuff and so he says, I have to make up my mind what I'm going to tell my body to do. The body is just a, a tent. It's just dirt. Uh, some will say that the soul really is me. Some will say that the spirit is me. You decide. Okay, and then the last diagram that I will draw um, again all the stuff is on this video and you'll be able to get all this stuff <laughs> if you want to you don't have to take a picture of my board here in the next diagram he uses uh, three triangles to illustrate a point And um, hopefully, he does a much better job than I'm going to do here, but I'm going to try. Hopefully, you'll understand a lot more after I get done here. This one here, this triangle, is the, the mother with the baby inside. This is, you're not born yet. This is before you're born. The healthier the mother is, the healthier the baby is. If the mother is on crack, the baby's on crack, right? From what I understand. If the mother drinks alcohol in pregnancy, that could affect the baby. But if the mother eats healthy and does everything that she's supposed to do to keep that baby healthy, the baby is going to be healthy. And then the baby comes in to become an individual here. And the individual also has a spirit, the spiritual life. This part of the triangle is from birth 
till 90 plus year or minus years, you know, whatever it is. And in the same way that the mother is taking care of the baby or not taking care of the baby, if the body is exercising and breathing and eating properly, then the body is going to be healthy. And if the body is doing the, what was the top ones up here? Prayer, the word, right? Those kind of things. Then the spirit is going to also be healthy. But if the body takes on what the flesh, the, the first part before the fruit of the spirit, you know, all those things we listed, if that's how that body lives, the spirit isn't going to be healthy either. You're going to have a poor attitude. Even your, your physicalness is going to be, uh, instead of alive and bright, it's like people say, are you a Christian? Because they see that in the body. They can see that. But on the other hand, if you're walking around with the, you describe whatever you want to do, you know, the hoodie and the, and the knives and whatever else, that's not necessarily what God wants us to be. So your spirit is also going to be down and dark and weak. Now, in between these is a separation, and I didn't point that out earlier, but between the body and the soul and the spirit, death is separation. When the body is in, in the spirit and everything is not. In the same way that when Adam sinned, he died, but not physically, right? But he was still separated from God. And so that's the separation points here. The separation, if this baby is not taken care of, it could be a stillborn separation death. This body here, eventually it's going to die anyway, but when it dies, healthy or not healthy, uh, the spirit then comes into this realm and the difference is the spirit will be going into this realm of eternity. The difference is will he be with or without God? You're still going to be eternal. So how do you phrase it? In the mother's womb, you are connected. Healthy connection means healthy baby. A bad connection from drugs and alcohol is a drug baby. In the second triangle, the body and your spirit are connected. A healthy body and spirit means a healthy life and good, good values. Bad health and bad character, your body becomes sick and eventually dies in a s separated from the spirit. Right? Uh, the third triangle is your spirit goes to eternity and you can be with or without God. So again, the triangle, the, the, as this is good, it transcribes over to here because if you got a good start from a healthy baby, not a preemie or something like that, not that it's the mother's fault, sometimes that's just what happens, but it could be that uh, if the mother's bad, this could be a crack baby and you're, you're addicted all your life kind of stuff. 
in the same way with this, how you, as your physical body and your mind of what you do and what you think, um, also affects your spirit, then that affects into the next triangle. You're the with or without God. And so, uh, any questions on what we covered so far? Comments? Agreements? Disagreements? Okay. So I thought this was very interesting the way he presented this. Um, and we will learn in future video things about how to control your, your thoughts in your mind based upon your spiritual life that's based upon God, what he's telling you to do. Um, we read earlier at the beginning several different verses. What verses help you keep in step with the Spirit? What helps keep you and helps you in your life? You don't have to quote them verbatim, but just what's the thoughts in those verses that... I always go back to Philippians, the, the uh, four, okay. whatever, those, those verses that you read earlier. Right. To me, that's just like the essence of good living. Right. Keep your mind on these things, right? Whatever's good, admirable, think about these things. What else? I know you have some verses in your heart that keep you going. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 always comes to mind. Okay. Just trust in the Lord. With all, let's see. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Okay. And why is that important to you? It just, I, I first learned this verse in college and it just helped me keep my perspective as I was studying and would always be allowed like a crib sheet and exam and I would always put this on the exam as far as okay. priorities and trusting in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding just seems to be good philosophy life. Okay. So trusting in the Lord, lean not on your own mental thoughts that your body's gonna try to tell you, hey, don't study for that test. But trust in the Lord, and the Lord's not going to give you the answers through, what's the word, osmosis or whatever. <laughs> but he's going to give you a remembrance, maybe, of what you studied and be able to make it click, those kind of things. Um, and when we lean on our own understanding, as humans, it's hard, well, there's no way we can understand God fully, but we do understand a lot about him. He's, he's made himself known to us. Um, like Jeanette says, um, she likes the, the phrase, not Jesus loves me, this I know, but she likes Jesus knows me, this I love. And so um, that is what will help us guide our, our lives as well. What other verses come to your mind? 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27. Okay, good. You do not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. 
run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that would not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone is running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached <coughs> to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Okay. And? Uh, all actions have consequences. Okay, there you go. So choose the ones that lead to where you want to go. Okay, there you go. Sometimes they're good consequences. You win the gold medal. Sometimes a bad consequence. You OD. <laughs> right? What else? I think of Isaiah 30, 21. It says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walking." Okay. This is the way. Okay, again, following... Keeping a step of the spirit right there, right? Very good. Uh-huh. Okay. Couple more. Yes. I think first John one, um, I guess starting just verse seven. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son purifies us from all sin. We were talking about walking with the spirit. Um, but I think just remembering that, you know, we're not gonna do it perfectly, but he will cleanse us of our sin as we walk with him. Okay. So not trying to do it on our own measure, but just as we keep in step with him, he will keep purifying us. Okay. And that's a very good point, what you just said at the end. He will keep purifying us, First John 1, 7. And I taught a teen group many years when my girls were teens. And the illustration that I used is I went to the kitchen sink and I had my hands over the sink and somebody poured dirt on my hands. And they just kept pouring dirt and pouring dirt and pouring dirt. And I was just filthy with that dirt. But when I went underneath the faucet, and the faucet was continually running, as the dirt was falling on my hands, it was immediately washed off. Immediately. Continually cleansing me from that filth. And that's why when I think of that verse, God continually washes our sins away. And that's <laughs> great news. That is awesome news. Because we are not burdened by our sin anymore. We are freed from sin because he continually washes us from our sin. That's a thanksgiving that you can pray about. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, any other comments? Next week we'll get uh, straight into another diagram and um, while they all talk about the spirit, soul, and body, they present it in a little bit of different of light, different diagrams, pictures, to present that material. And we kind of get deeper in some areas. And, and so hopefully it will be very helpful to you when we get to that point. And then, like I said, at the end, we'll go over the six stages of temptation and how to... Uh, look for that way of escape when we are tempted.
Okay, anything else? Well, that's all I have for tonight. Thank you. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.